Hi there, and welcome to the Row Along 10K plan. Before we get started, I just want to spend two minutes going through some information about the plan. Now, this was made a couple of years ago, but I just realized that I haven't actually added this to the podcast, so it was roundabout time. Now, this is an eight-week plan based around five sessions a week, but don't worry if you can't do five sessions a week, just do them in order. So if you only do three sessions a week, then it means that week one is going to be session one, two, and three from week one, and then week two will be sessions four and five from week one, and then session one from week two. Hope that makes sense. You might want to rewind that bit. (laughs) Anyway, it's the same format as usual. You get bottom tier, mid tier, and top tier workouts to do. I'll do them along with you and talk you through the whole way. Pace-wise, this is based around your 2K average. So what that means is that you row a two-kilometer time trial as fast as you can, as long as your body is okay to do it, and then you take the resulting time and divide that by four. So if you did your 2K in eight minutes and 20 seconds, that means that your average 500 meter pace is two minutes and five seconds so that's your 2k pace okay so your average time to cover 500 meters within a 2k so when i say row this session at 2k plus 10 you take your 2k pace in this example two minutes and five seconds and add 10 seconds to it so you'll row that at two minutes 15 seconds i hope that makes sense When it comes to stroke rate, obviously this does work a little bit better when you row along with me on the YouTube videos. However, you can listen to the whoosh of my flywheel and hopefully you'll find your own rhythm in time. And as always, please make sure that your body is healthy and fit enough to do any kind of intense workout. If you are unsure in the slightest, go get yourself checked out with a doctor first. I'm just putting these sessions out there and I trust you to be the master of your own body and know what you can manage or not. After all, some of the workouts in this plan get very, very intense and you have to make sure that your body is okay to do it. And of course, when it comes to results, the best thing to do is to row a 10km time trial, go through this plan, and then come back at the end of it and do another 10km time trial to see how your time has changed. Okay, on with the show. Hi there, and welcome along to another workout for you to row along to. Oi, you, scoot off, off, off. You will never catch me! (laughs) There you go, there's child number two, or child number one, whatever way you want to put it. So, how you doing folks? Today what we're going to do is a 50 minute total row. We're going to do five 10 minute intervals, and then we're going to take 90 seconds rest in between. We're just going to alternate 20 strokes a minute and 18 strokes a minute as we go through these, starting off at 18 strokes a minute. Now pace-wise, normally I'd say in 18 strokes a minute you're going to be doing this at around about 2k plus 20 pace, and then the 20 strokes a minute you're going to be doing around about 2k plus 18 pace. But because we're going to be going on this one for a total of 50 minutes, I want you to be get a little bit more sensible at your pace, maybe drop it off one or two seconds just to be sure that you're not blowing your energy system, okay, because that's the most important part, is that you use this 50-minute row to grow your endurance. As such, what I'm doing is I'm making this as week one, session one of the 10,000-meter plan. Now, you don't have to be part of the plan. Don't worry about it. You can do this as a standalone, um, but this is going to be the week one, session one of the 10K plan. So, eventually, our pacing-wise, I'll start to roll in more of like your 10 k idea but if you do have that 2000 meter time trial so to give you the 2k training pace then it's going to make life a lot easier to for you to be able to work out how to do the pacing for these kind of sessions all right so 
Here we go then, let's get into our four minute warm up as always. And we set up the Concept 2 machine by going to the drag factor first and setting that where you want it to be. Now, if you don't run it on a Concept 2, then you don't have to worry about drag factor. You can set your resistance to however you want it to be. Just make sure that it's, you get a good solid stroke out of it, but it doesn't feel as though you're rowing a hippo across an alligator. <laughs> Basically, you don't want it to be too heavy is all I'm saying. Next up, go to your monitor and set it to eye height so you don't have to look up and you don't have to look down. And finally, set your foot straps so they kind of cover the bottom lace in your shoe if you're wearing shoes, um, or um, they just let you get to the front of the machine nice and comfortably so you can get your shins pointing vertically uh, without you scooting right past or without you being all bound up here, all right? Let's get into some rowing because this has been quite a long uh, intro, hasn't it? So strap in my wee silly feet. Make sure I've got enough room. Have I left myself enough room? Yeah, I have. So we can do this warm-up at 18 strokes a minute to start, and I'll talk you through what to do in terms of pace and stuff. So here we go then. In three, two, one. Go. Oh, I forgot my sunglasses. I do after this stroke. So effort-wise, all you're doing is putting in enough power as though you were just doing a bodyweight squat, basically as though you were just standing up. Okay? But the point is that you are working on the timing right now between that leg press into the foot plates and the point when your handle connects with the flywheel or water wheel or what the wheels are there spinning wheel no whatever you know what i'm saying but basically as you push with your feet that's when your handle connects with whatever makes your rowing machine go. You really try and think about an instant transfer of power. You don't want your butt to scoop back, which is what happens if you push too soon. And you also don't want this weird kind of pulling with your arms first. You want to have arms straight, push with the legs, holding a forward lean. But what I'll do is, in today's main session, I'll spend the first 10 minutes at least talking technique, especially if you're using this as week one, session one of the 10K plan. Maybe the first time you've heard my witterings about technique. So we'll talk technique and then for the rest of it, I'll keep on bringing up technique, but I'll just talk away to you, keep you motivated, distracted. Okay, one more stroke, and then let's put one foot on the ground, carry on rowing. Technique-wise, not much should change here. Your body positions should still be same angles, leaning in at the front, leaning back at the back. You might find you get a little bit more compression at the front of the machine because you've only got one leg strapped in. Okay, swap feet. Took an extra stroke there, whoops. Okay, and then exactly the same with the other leg. Make sure to get a good solid push. Don't worry too much about your pace. We're just warming up. Today's a long old session, so don't even have to worry about increasing your pace up past your body weight, squat power. Okay, 
put both legs in, legs straight, just roll with your back and arms. So swing over your hips, pull in your arms, and then push out your arms, swing back over your hips. Simple. And it's really important that you learn about that power generation from your backswing. The amount of people that totally skip the backswing lose so much power. Okay, roll to the front with straight arms and just press out. So you don't have to go too powerfully. Powerful? Powerfully. Yeah. Just press out the front with straight arms and a forward lean. So you're working on this position, but also that timing as the handle picks up the flywheel. Okay? Got two more strokes in this? Yeah, one more. And we're all done. Okay. Keep moving up down the rail. Have a quick drink, make sure you're hydrated before today's session. We do get to stop every 10 minutes, but still make sure you're nicely hydrated. Uh, I will do the same, and then I'll quickly go over one more time what it is we're doing today. Okay then, so what we're doing today is five 10 minute intervals with 90 second rest in between. Then we're gonna do these at 18, then 20, 18, 20, 18 strokes per minute. And your pace for the 18 strokes a minute is gonna be around about 2K plus 20 to 22 maybe. And the pace for your 20 strokes a minute is gonna be around about 2K plus 18 to 20. But if you do feel you have to just, you think, oh, I better back off another second or so in order to get through the 50 minutes worth of rowing, then please do. This is about getting to the end and making sure that you've spent 50 minutes rowing, okay? If you have to bail after 40 minutes, you know, not quite getting the point of today's session so I'd rather you went slower than you try to kind of big gun it and go faster all right so please in case this is about an endurance bottom tier foundation fitness building workout is not about um, setting you up to go fast that comes in other sessions we'll get there don't you worry all right so we might as well just get into it I can talk to you more while we're rowing no point me waffling away to you now but waffle enough as it is <laughs> okay so 18 strokes a minute, 2K plus, run about 20 in three, two, one, go. Uh, okay, so my biggest issue is that I am slathered in suntan cream. <laughs> so the handle is already quite slippy. And I do worry what's gonna happen in about five or six minutes time when in this heat, pretty sure I'm going to start perspiring quite heavily. How soon will the handle fall out? Place your bets. In what interval will the handle slip out of my hands? Okay, so I said we'd talk about technique pretty much exclusively in this first 10 minutes. But I wanted to make sure you were at least one minute into it. So that you're nice and active before you start thinking about what's going on. So let's, at the risk of needing to spill into the second interval to cover all of technique, let's take it from the very beginning. So, the stages, phases, that's the word I was looking for, <laughs> of the stroke. You'll hear me talking about quite a lot. 
So, best to describe them first. At the front of the machine, here, right before you start the stroke, that's called the catch. Got to figure it's an on-the-water reference. So that's the point where the blade of the oar will catch the water. Right, as it's about to start the stroke. But at the same time, from an indoor rowing point of view, this is where I'm about to catch the flywheel with the handle. So, hey man, it works for everybody. Catch is probably one of the most vital parts of the stroke in terms of setting yourself up from a body position point of view. But obviously, the most important phase of the stroke is as you drive to start the stroke. Drive. I'll describe more about these as we go through, but I just want to label them first. Then, at the back, is the finish. It's pretty much as your stroke comes into a close. Then, the release, which is as you start to close yourself in to the catch again by releasing the handle. And then finally, there's the recovery, which is when you move to the front of the machine, recovering for the next stroke. An important thing for the recovery is that you're not just recovering to the front of the machine, you're actually taking a moment's recovery within your row. So as you release the handle at this stage, right until you get to the front of the machine, you want to make sure your body is working as little as possible. You want to be using as few muscles as possible to give your body a moment's respite. It's really easy to feel that at this stroke rate because you drive and then you recover a lot slower. So from a ratio point of view, ideally you drive for one, recover for two. It's a lot easier to peg that on the 20 strokes a minute stroke rate because you drive for one second, recover for two. But it's slightly different at 18. You're basically driving for 1.1 seconds and recovering for 2.2. That's quite hard to gauge. <laughs> but that's the point though, is that you are recovering at these stroke rates for twice as long as you are working. 
And that's one of the reasons that you should be able to do 18 and 20 strokes a minute rows for a lot longer than say 28 and higher because you get this one to two ratio of work to recovery and that means your heart rate doesn't soar your cardio system doesn't blow up your muscles may tire because at these low rates you do tend to feel the weight of the machine more but again because you get two seconds to recover on every stroke they shouldn't completely tire out these stroke rates are about working on your rhythm taking a chance to work on your technique and also that little bit of a heavier machine will build a bit of power too so with three minutes to go let's quickly talk drive okay it's the most important part of the stroke and the thing to know is that the drive is all about the legs okay so as you put power into the machine it's from a push with the legs think about pushing the machine away from you don't think about pulling the handle back think about pushing it with your feet and that will hopefully give you a good kind of sensation for what I mean but in order for that power to come from your feet into the machine you have to make sure that your arms are straight and you have a forward lean as you start that leg drive and that sends the power up through your body through your arms into your hands and the handle without anything fighting against it or interfering with the power transfer I've taken to describing a water skier at this stage where if you watch a water skier they have their arms out straight as they're getting pulled through the water they're not fighting against it with their bony biceps and that's how the power from the boat flows to their body into the skis and it's the same here is that the power is reversed it's coming from the skis up through your body and into the handle the skis obviously being you pushing into the foot plates 
That forward lean really is important for sending the power through for both of them are. Forward lean, straight arms, push. And hold that forward lean as you push with the legs. We'll discuss the rest of the stroke in the next interval. Because that is our first interval finished. That was a quick 10 minutes, wasn't it? I've got some vitamin D in me. I've got sun cream running into my eyes. Ugh. Ah. I've actually got ice in my water bottle today. It says how warm it is. The weather said it was going to be 25, which, trust me, for Glasgow, this is tropical. Ah, you may live somewhere where, when it's 25 degrees, you're still in a hoodie and a jumper. But, trust me, it was a very fine balance today as to whether I was going to break all my rules and actually do this topless today. Don't worry, I'd never subject that to you. This is, like I keep saying, this is enough skin. I mean, look how white my legs are. Ugh. I may have to put a call into one of the kids to get me a towel at one point. I think my eyes are going to be quite stingy by the end of this. But yeah, it's a very warm day, but it's lovely. I mean, could there be anything better? Got a week off from work. You can maybe hear the sound of the paddling pool filling up in the background. Got barbecue later today. Oh, can't wait for... Oh, anyway, right, 10 seconds to go into interval two. We're doing 20 strokes a minute this time and run about 2k plus 18 pace in three, two, one, go. Like I said, if you want to clock watch on this one, then you can drive for one, recover for two. Drive, recover. Drive, recover. So basically, I'm starting on like the, right on the minute marker and the 30 second marker. So I'm at 33 here. So I go one second to 29, two seconds to 27. One second to 26, two seconds to 24. And if you're having issues with the rhythm of these low rakes, then that may just help to think, just to watch the clock, drive for one, recover for two. Drive for one, recover for two. And if you look, you'll see there's never a point when I'm stopped. Everything flows. There may be a couple of tenths of a second at the front of the machine, here, as I go between the forwards, recovery, and then the drive, but I'm not pausing to artificially slow down the stroke at any point. It's not to say pausing doesn't have its place, but it's a specific drill that works. But within a row itself, it will interfere with your rhythm and the flow of your stroke. This goes back to 
what I said about the recovery being wanting to use as few muscles as possible. If you were to hold at the back in order to artificially slow your stroke down, you're suddenly taxing your core more than it needs to be. And if you drive for one, hold for one, and race forwards, like that, again, you're using muscles and energy for that recovery that you really don't need to be using. And that's what flow is all about. Got a friend, Jacob Evans, who's a drum teacher and his company is called Drum Flow. Maybe I should rename, row along to Erg Flow to really try and hammer that point across. Right, three and a half minutes gone. Hopefully you've been using those three and a half minutes to work on your rhythm, to work on your leg drive while holding a forward lean and keeping your arms straight. The thing is, everything feeds into each other. You actually start to think about those straight arms and the forward lean here as you start the recovery. Because that's as you get the arms away from you, straight and then straight rock. So even before you start recovering up the rail to the front of the machine, you are already in your perfect position for the next stroke. It's not like you lazily roll and then last minute get your arms straight and lean forwards. But then as you come to the front, arms straight with a lean into, well, 11 o'clock as you're looking at me. But basically, a forward hour, a forward lean of one hour on the clock face. Got some tanking in my mouth now, though. And then that lean is by tilting over your hips. So you rock forwards over your hips. It's not about a collapse of your upper back. You're not just dumping in like that. It's a powerful posture. Up on your sit bones, rock forwards, 
arms straight. And that, when you're at the front of the machine, is pretty much all you need. You want to have a powerful core braced as you start the stroke. Ah, <laughs> Sorry, I don't know if I'm getting sunscreen cream in my mouth. Looking straight forwards, chin neutral, chins to vertical. And that is controlled by how far forwards you slide. If you slide too far, your shins will go past vertical. Don't slide enough, you won't make it to vertical. But if you can get them to vertical, that's kind of the optimum position to be able to push and transfer that power into the machine. So, sit bones, shins vertical, arms straight, up in your sit bones, nice braced core, forward lean, and then a nice relaxed grip on the handle, fingers hooked over it. You're not trying to wring the life out of it. You're just hooking to transfer the power. And also by having that open grip, you allow airflow through your palms which in a hot gym or on a hot day will hopefully help when it comes to getting sweaty hands which not only pose the risk of the handle slipping out your hands it's basically uncomfortable but once your hands get too moist from sweat they're more likely to become soft and get blisters and calluses and things so an open grip the thumbs underneath but if anything, just lightly touching your forefinger. You're not gripping, okay? And then wrists flat. So that as you take the stroke, your wrists remain flat as you come through. You don't really want to finish like a motorbike. Two more strokes. One more. Whew. Ah. 
Make sure and have a drink. Oh, there seems to be pool activity. Grass or bugs. Grass and or bugs. Grass. <laughs> So, regardless of how you're doing this, we're now 20 minutes into this workout, so you're gonna be working a little bit hard. Just keep an eye on your pace. You don't want to blow your system so you can't complete today's 50 minutes worth of rowing, okay? It's really important. Now that we're back to 18 again, if you're thinking, oh, hang on, this is a bit much, just take off one or two seconds from your pace from the last time around. This should be a good way to kind of Teach you a little bit of control of your body, a little bit of awareness as well. Oh, Jamie, I might need you to get me a towel when you get a moment. Huh? No, or a towel from the wardrobe because the sweat's running in my eyes and I can't see. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's good to have helpers. All right, 10 seconds to go until the third interval. Ah. Oh. Five, four, three, two, one, go. So 18 strokes a minute. Unfortunately, my support team is gonna turn up too late with a towel. That's okay. My eyes are now watering so much it'll flush out itself. Uh, so back down to 2K plus 20 pace or whatever you've pegged is what you need to get through this row. These long, slow rows, you really don't have to be a hero on. You're more of a hero if you're sensible enough to slow down. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh. Can I do this? Right, sunglasses off. One eye. Look at that, I'm a pro. <laughs> oh, I did blow my stroke right. There we go. Back to 18 again. I have to do that again. Quick. Other eye. Sadly, it's not quite as easy to drink that fast. And sunglasses. Nope. <laughs> sure this is entertaining for you. Look at that. It's like a Formula One pit stop. Sorry you had to put up with that. And in fact, if you're listening to this in the podcast, you're gonna be <laughs> questioning what on earth was just happening. But at least I can see now. Did most of that first minute with my eyes closed. So apologies if the stroke rate was all over the place. Okay, let's continue and try and get to the end of technique in this interval. 
I've already gone on one interval longer than I thought I would. So, I described the catch in the last one, all the right positions, as you drive, okay? So, as you start the leg drive, you want to think about pushing the machine away from you, holding those arms straight, and keeping that forward lean. Engage your core too, and then the power will flow through. And keep that position until your leg drive is pretty much halfway. Well, if you can hold it past what you think is halfway, all the better. But hold to the stroke, the drive. Hold, and then hold, swing. So you really hold, swing, holding that forward position. Do a fair chunk of the stroke before you swing from that forward lean into your layback. Which, as you're looking at me right now, shouldn't really be much deeper than one o'clock on a clock face. Or if you're looking at me from the other side, 11 o'clock. And so that swing happens by hinging over your hips. So you're just doing that over your hips, which is really all you're doing backwards and forwards is just hinge backwards and forwards over your hips. So you start your backswing and as your backswing is about halfway through, that's when you finally finish with your arms. So your arms have been straight for the majority of the stroke, just taking the power from your legs and then from your back. And it's only the back kind of quarter of the stroke that you finally put in any thoughts of a pull to the handle to come into a finish. Like I said, try and keep your wrists as flat as you can as you come into a finish. Handle, around about sternum height. If you're wearing a heart rate monitor, you might find you're touching it with a handle if you finish at sternum height. And then send your elbows 
through and squeeze your shoulder blades tight as though crushing a can between them. It's your choice if you want to flare your elbows out. I really don't like that at all. We've seen a few online coaches really chicken wing it out. I just think that puts all the power into your delts and your biceps and your forearms rather than your lats which are better designed to cope with it. So I'm not saying elbows straight through, you're allowed a little bit of an out, but you're not doing the birdie song. That may just be a UK reference. Hunt it out if you have no idea what I'm on about. And then release the handle away at the same pace you brought it in at. So in out with no pause. In out, a nice rhythm. In out. And then that handle away triggers your forward lean. All through momentum. You don't have to use any muscles once you've pushed. It's all just about your body weight momentum bringing you forwards. And then once the handle's past your knees and you've rocked forwards, all you have to do is bend your knees and you'll roll effortlessly towards the front of the machine. Now, make sure your arms are nice and relaxed as you come forward, not rigid. If I can see your muscles popping or your shoulders up around your ears, you're too tense. Be a zombie. You never see a tense zombie. So, nice and loose, brace. Nice and loose, brace. So you still need to brace as you take the stroke. But coming forwards, nice and loose. Be a zombie. Handle in a straight line, backwards and forwards. Don't scrape it down your legs because that destroys your posture. But also, don't throw it up and over. If you have to throw it over your knees, you're bending them too soon. So get handle away, body rock. And we're done. Three down, two to go. Oh, I'm getting hot. I'm really hoping this factor 30 is enough today. Although I'll probably end up with two panda eyes from where I just wiped all the sun cream out of them. Sun's up there, so maybe I should swap the machine around. If I had the time, I would.
Hope you're doing well. Hope you're still staying sensible. I'm gonna do one last little bit about technique in the next interval. And that's about not pulling yourself forwards with the straps. And I'm gonna prove it to you by putting my big hobbit feet into the foot plate without the straps, okay? So this is about, you see a lot of people will come back and they'll wrench themselves forwards by flicking up their feet and pulling against the foot straps and then tugging themselves forwards. And what that does is it collapses your tailbone underneath you and your hips roll backwards. And so for coming forwards point of view, that's not what you want. You want your hips tilted forwards, okay? And tailbone not underneath. So in five, four, three, two, one. Here we go, 20 strokes a minute again. So, point here is that by being strapless, I can't tug myself back up the rail again, nor can I stop myself from flying off the back of the machine by bracing against the straps. In case you think it's movie magic, hang on. See, feet are out. Right, get the pace back up again. So the point is, on drive, you get your leg drive all into the machine just before your backswing finishes and you pull in with your arms. And what that means is that you don't have much inertia to the mass of your body sending you backwards because you put it all into the machine. So therefore, all you need is love. Love is all you need. Well, you also need a braced core, but I don't think Lennon and McCartney were writing about rowing in those days. Maybe they were. Maybe love does help. Maybe they were the 1966 double finalist. They're saying, you know what? You just gotta love your other rower. Unlikely, isn't it? But anyway, so you get to the back, legs are down, back finishes, arm finishes, and what momentum is left gets soaked up with a braced core, not a completely rolled in and tucked back. Because again, if you have a collapsed lower back, not only will it not stop you moving backwards, you may injure yourself by dumping what inertia there is into your lower back. And that's why I talk about posture, is that by being up on your sit bones, rocking backwards and forwards over your hips, your lower back doesn't really come into play. So, if you get a sore lower back from rowing, 
do consider whether it's actually just pure posture. And that's what I meant about not tucking your tailbone under you. Because that then, as you come forwards, if you had tailbone tucked under, everything goes through your lower back. And not only will like the L2 area of your spine start to suffer, but just literally because you are sitting on your tailbone, you'll start to feel that it gets bruised. Whereas being up in your sit bones and keeping a powerful posture, rocking over your hips, meaning that it's really only ever your sit bones that are connected, not the meaty part of your backside. It really minimizes backside discomfort. I could row for hours like this and I don't have a seat pad or any further than the natural padding on my backside. There's an element of course that when you first start rowing your sit bones are pressing down on muscles that you probably haven't used before. So not only are you getting glute discomfort from it being the first time you've done this, but your sit bones are also pressing down on them. Which is why you should kind of reseat your seat in the rest periods on a session like this, just to alleviate that pressure. But also, once you've done about five or six sessions of about 15 minutes each, you'll find that that pressure tends to just disappear because you're used to it. as long as your technique's good. And still, I mean, if I take a week away from the machine, it's almost like my glutes go, oh, and forget that they need to prepare for the pressure. Because then, after a week away, if I try and go straight in to like a 40 minute session, that muscle discomfort just from new pressure returns. Ooh. All right, less than 60 strokes to go. 
remember to use this session to just think every now and then about certain stages of the stroke be that are my arms straight and then bend at the end am I pushing with the legs am I holding that forward lean through the drive is my posture powerful with a braced core at both ends hmm. shins vertical at the front legs down at the back chin neutral because if you look up as you drive you end up opening your back too soon and I just lost oodles of time even though I was putting in the same leg drive power my pace dropped by about five seconds all right one minute left on this penultimate interval like I said at the start you don't have to use this as part of the 10k plan you can just do this as a standalone whenever you've got an hour spare and you want to work on your endurance at lower rates so I'm trying to work out how to not put people off so if I name this as part of the 10k plan I know people won't do it last stroke Whoa. Oh. the family are all Jamie come here come show the viewers what you've got in your hand should be into the star of today's show after all come here <laughs> what did you say you say sorry daddy this is mean go away <laughs> yeah dangle it in front of me make me go faster oh I know I've said a few times about days off and a day like this but it is like winning the lottery so we're not we're put enough cream on my feet have a drink so we're coming up for our last one oh well, that went right down my stomach so make sure you seat your seat make sure you're comfortable it's only 10 minutes rowing 
We've already done 40. What's another 10, eh? Ah, oh. all right. 10 seconds to go. Last one at 18 strokes a minute. And whatever pace, make sure you can complete it at. Three, two, one, go. I'm sticking to 2K plus 20 again, which for me is 205. Although I think after the one minute time trial I did at the end of, excuse me, the last row along, I'm wondering whether I need to do another 2K and get a new 2K time. But right now I'm still working off 145 because, well, I'm still doing everything I can to try and slide into the new season in the best physical state. That doesn't just mean my ability on the rowing machine, it also means body composition and core fitness. I've been adding in the odd run, even though I'm not a runner, just like a, I'll run for six minutes around my block at home after most rows. If you're friends with me on Strava, you'll likely see the six minute run pop up from time to time. But I'm still, at least once or twice a week, I'm on Zwift cycling. And then at least once a week, using the ski erg as well. Just to try and mix things up, to be honest. Your body adapts so easily. To what you do to it that if you don't change things up your results will start to ease off like I do Monday to Friday the 16-8 fast so I don't eat after 10 o'clock but I don't eat again until 2 o'clock so it's 16 hours with nothing but black coffee with no sugar which to be honest doesn't do anything to my energy levels I mean I'm in the last, what's the time? Yeah, 45 minutes of today's fast. And I don't feel sluggish or out of energy, even though 
we're on our way to 15 sorry 50 minutes of quite sloggy energy burning rowing but I do make sure that Saturday and Sunday I have a breakfast which is usually peanut butter on toast with a slight scrape of Nutella too and a banana on top so I'm going from five days with no breakfast to two days with quite a serious breakfast and I'm hoping that rather than harming what the fast is doing it's actually helping it because my body isn't acclimatizing which I would if I just did four weeks straight and it's the same with weights that I do every four weeks I'll mix something up whether that's adding in or swapping out a couple of the exercise routines whether it's increasing the weight that I'm lifting or the reps or sets that I do again just to stop my body getting used to what I'm doing and I have to figure that although I'm sure I could be doing things better to get faster results since May and it's mid-July now but since May of doing this I've lost loads of body fat and added on a fair bit of muscle to her <laughs> but my fitness and power have really improved along with everything else which you know as you get healthier your body gets fitter you can do more although the one thing to tag on here is the importance of hydration I really notice the days when I haven't hydrated well which weirdly the fact that I stopped drinking alcohol 
and at night I'll sit and have a non-alcohol or no alcohol beer means that I'm actually taking in a lot more fluid in an evening as opposed to if I was just sitting there with a glass of water I wasn't enjoying the taste of it My favourite right now is either Brooklyn Lucky Saint Brewdog Punk AF or Erdinger Downside to Erdinger is that it's 250 calories as opposed to like 70 in all the other ones but when I'm sitting out in the sun having lunch after this row I may treat myself to one which is the other bonus to drinking non-alcoholic beer I can drink it during the day if I want and not look like an irresponsible lush right, nine strokes to go we're almost there then we'll do a quick cool down and then while I'm talking away to you at the end you can pack up and or do some stretching one more stroke, come on. There we go. Good job. That, for me, was a good sloggy session. Heart rate's up at 161, so definitely pushed further than a standard bottom tier foundation building row would but at 50 minutes worth of rowing I'd have had to back off to run about 2k plus 24 to keep my heart rate down and actually I want to try and keep that intensity up as being like I say this is part of a 10k plan so you need to weigh up the impacts of getting used to intensity over time as well plus we're having a rest every 10 minutes so it wasn't that bad okay in what, what should we say? Five seconds we'll start a cool down. Three, two, one, go. Okay, so again, oh, we're just doing this at round about 18 strokes per minute, and your pace is round about 2k plus 30 if not slower, just to let your body ease off, which is really important, just to draw to a close, both physically and mentally. Oh. Try and keep your technique 
your angles right. Don't just flail away like a dying salmon. You want to make sure that your muscles are all firing to make sure to flush out any acids and whatever that's been left in your your wee muscles. <laughs> oh. So I hope you enjoyed this. Let me know if you're doing this as a standalone or whether you're actually interested in doing the 10k plan. So I think what I'm going to do is I'll put this one up and then I'll add in a few for the rest of the week from my back catalogue and then I'll slowly just go through and replace them with new bespoke rows. Hopefully that will work. What it means is that you're not going to run out of sessions to do while I take my time making new ones. Because uh, I'm afraid I just don't have time to do this plan in real time with you. Too many work and family commitments to do five sessions a week like this. Uh, right, that's me done with my cool down. You make sure to either carry on cooling down or pack up and stretch and things. What's going on with you? Anyway, so yeah, I hope you enjoyed that. Um, it certainly was good for me. I love being out in the sun, obviously. Let's just hope that not any lasting issues with my eyes after the sun cream, <laughs> sun cream getting into them. Um, oh, right. So, that let's, let's have the hashtag for today be sun cream, because the importance of sun cream for a day like this. Um, Really hope you enjoyed it. Really hope this is the kind of workout you're looking for. It's definitely one that you can just dive into and just, once you get your technique right, you can just switch off every now and then, just think about what's going on. But as long as you've got that flow and the rhythm, like I say, that drive of one out and two return, and just, you're always just flowing from stage to stage. You're dancing with the machine. There's never a point when you're going, stop. Oh, breaking news. Never a point when you stop and then go back in and then stop and go back in. You don't do that when you're main rolling. As a, it's a drill, if you want to be sure. You can go back, hold, and then think, right, okay, am I in the right position? Yep. And then you can engage and come in. So if you really slow down, come in. Do I have a braced core? Is the handle at sternum height? My wrist's flat? Yes. Handle away, rock forwards, then bend your knees into the front. Am I okay for the catch? Arm straight, forward lean, shins in a vertical position, chin neutral? Yep. Push, am I holding my arm straight? Yes, swing. So if you slow everything right down and concentrate on the stages of what you think your body's like, that's really valuable. But during a session like that, when you're rowing, you want to be rowing, okay? You want to be working on trying to develop the flow. So if you start to interrupt it and hiccup it, um, you're kind of destabilizing yourself, okay? So every now and then do that stop, pause drill, just to kind of, as in like in between rows, not during a row. But I wouldn't recommend doing it within a row especially if it's part of a session. You can climb on and say, right, today I'm going to do 20 minutes and I'm going to break it up every five minutes by doing a pause, that's fine. But if this is one of your main workouts, then maybe not. Anyway, I'm rambling, so I'm going to say goodbye. Say bye, Jamie. Say goodbye. What? <laughs> say goodbye. Are you going to come over? Hang on. Lift music. It takes some time. Kids, eh? Never get them to do anything in a rush. Say goodbye. To you or to the camera? To the camera. Bye. You might actually want to come up because you might be cut off there. Bye. <laughs> Thanks so much for coming along and doing this one. Stay safe, be well. Bye-bye.